What's up, A's fans, and welcome to episode three of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and today we're going to be discussing uh, arbitration, because that happened. Um, the second base discussion is coming, I promise. I uh, definitely knew that arbitration was coming, you know, today, which is Friday, and still said second base discussion was coming. We're going to do that in the next couple of days. I'll get it up to you guys soon, I promise, and then uh, everything will be settled at second base. It'll be great. Um, so arbitration happened today. I also want to do uh, a little bit of discussion on, you know, the future of Marcus Semien. He's a free agent after the 2020 season, and uh, if they sign him to a long-term deal, which the A's want to do, he wants to sign with the A's, um, that will definitely have repercussions on whether or not they'd be able to re-sign uh, both Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, who, you know, both also deserve lots of money. And, you know, those three guys are kind of the cornerstones of what the A's are doing right now, and... Um, while Semyon isn't a homegrown product per se, he is from the area, while the uh, Chapman and Olsen were drafted by the A's and developed by the A's. So you'd like to see all three of them sign. Uh, will that happen with the way that things have been going? Definitely not. But we can still hold out hope because we're A's fans and that's what we do. Um, so they agreed with Marcus Semyon today. Uh, Friday. So by the time you hear this, it might be yesterday or a couple days ago, but uh, Semyon and the A's reached an agreement for $13 million for the 2020 season. So that's how much he's going to be making. They also signed everybody else that was arbitration eligible. So they got Liam Hendricks for $5.3 million, Mark Canna for $4.8, Sean Mania for $3.75, Robbie Grossman for $3.725. Chris Bassett for 2.25, and Chad Pender for 2.025. Those are all millions, obviously. And then you got, you know, Chris Davis, who's making a bunch of money. Uh, Piscotti, who's making a bunch of money. They, they've got a few other guys on the roster. Uh, I think there's 14 in total that are making more than the major league minimum. And they eat up about $85 million, I believe, is what I read. Um, but then you had... The other guy, the other twelve guys that are making major league minimum, A's are sitting around seventy-three and a half million dollars in projected payroll right now, and I mean I know that the dollar isn't as strong as it used to be or whatever, but they've never had a opening day payroll of a hundred million dollars. I don't believe, so they're working within tight constraints of how to improve this team, and you know we all want to see them add a second baseman, some bullpen arms, do some of that stuff. But I don't know that they're going to have the payroll flexibility to make that happen unless they're doing, like, uh, money-neutral trades or something like that. I say they get creative, personally, if they want to improve the team. And uh, I've mentioned it in passing in previous podcasts, so there have been two. It's been in one of those. I believe it was episode one um, where I talked about the A's offseason. But you got a bunch of guys that can fill in in the rotation just move uh, AJ Puck to the bullpen. You got to limit his innings a little bit anyway, and you still want to keep him in the big leagues. Gives you a pretty decent lefty with a bunch of upside in the bullpen. He could be a piggyback option. He could, you know, end up being the eighth inning guy. There's a lot of avenues that uh, AJ Puck could take in the A's bullpen if he was to be placed in the A's bullpen. Um, he probably still wants to be a starter, so you got to deal with that a little bit. But with him. You know, coming off of Tommy John, this will be a second season out of Tommy John. 
Uh, his command wasn't quite what it was in the past, but he was still hitting like 96, 97 with his heater last year. So there's a lot of upside to go with AJ Puck, and I like the idea of having him there. It gives me a little more confidence in the bullpen because they're not going to be doing a whole lot to recreate it or to uh, remake the bullpen uh, that blew 30 games last year. So that is probably the easiest way for the A's to improve their bullpen without spending any money. Um, unless they're going to trade somebody off the major league roster who's making a bunch of money. I mean, Biscotti's really the only one that would come to mind that would be movable and, you know, an asset that they could get something for. Um, Chris Davis is making a little bit over $16 million, and he's pretty much a DH only. So unless the Blue Jays wanted to trade, you know, Ken Giles straight up for Chris Davis and eat all of his contract, that's really the only move that they could make. And... Why would they do that? Um, they don't have enough arms, and they have plenty of bats. They'd be fine. Um, why eat up that DH spot for you know kids that are coming up through the minors and all that stuff? So he's not going anywhere. Piscotti is making 7.3, and he plays the outfield fairly well. He's a bounce-back candidate. But again, the A's would be selling him low, and what could they actually get for him? Um, they, they could Nothing like a major league piece that would have an impact on their team is probably what I'd go with. But uh, I think that the A's are probably just going to sit tight with the bullpen that they have and make adjustments during spring training or in, in season more so than, you know, add anybody beforehand, before, you know, spring training gets going underway. Because they got some interesting arms, you know, down in the minor leagues. They made some minor league deals that I also mentioned with uh, Ian Gardek and Jaime Schultz and um, a couple other guys. They've got some upside guys in the minors that could make a big impact. Uh, Wendelkin should be solid for the A's in 2020. Um, they, they've got an interesting bullpen. Is it going to be stellar? I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think Alex Coffey of The Athletic said that it was going to be a strength of the team. That was one of her bold predictions that she wrote about today. Um, so there's reason to be optimistic about the bullpen, but they can definitely mix and match with a bunch of arms that they have. Okay, I think we've gotten off topic, so uh, let's go back to talking about talking about Marcus Semien a little bit. So he's getting $13 million this year, and the A's and him would both like to, you know, come to an agreement on an extension. Uh, maybe it's something like Chris Davis did last year where they signed him in arbitration, and then he signed uh, an extension for uh, like $16 million a year or something like that. He'll be a free agent after the 2021 season, so they got him for two more after this. Um Maybe that's something that they do with Marcus Semyon. Uh, it's something uh, Susan Slusser speculated about that, you know, they could end up doing now that this season is settled. They could start discussing future seasons. Um, he's going to be 29 going into 2020, I, I believe. Um, I don't know what an extension for him would look like necessarily because 29 is right on that cusp of, you know, starting the decline in today's game. Um if he wanted to do something like four years, $60 million, I think that would be beneficial to both teams because Semyon's kind of coming into his own a little bit and it provides the A's a little bit of buffer if he does slide back because, I mean, he did finish third the AL MVP voting and I don't even know if the most optimistic of fans is thinking that he's going to do that again. Um, but, I mean, he could you know definitely finish in the top 10 but I don't know about top three that he had a fantastic 2019 season is what I'm saying. Um, so, and then if you sign him for 15 mil a year, 
how much of the pie is left for, you know, Chapman and Olsen, who are more integral to what the team is doing, you know, from my perspective, at least. Um, I'm a big fan of Marcus Samian. I love what he's done, you know, in improving his defense from being utterly terrible to quite respectable, actually, and an MVP candidate. But the fact that he was an MVP candidate might actually hurt his chances at re-signing with the A's because he has, you know, that on his ledger and he doubled his salary from, you know, uh, 2018, or sorry, 2019 to 2020. So he's got that already in his back pocket. But if, you know, the A's could somehow sign a Scott Boris client and Mark, uh, sorry, Mark, God, that I feel terrible as an A's fan for saying that. Matt Chapman, if they could sign... Boris client Matt Chapman uh, before he is even arbitration eligible that would be an act of God uh, but I mean he could basically in my eyes he's Nor- Nolan Arenado if he was playing in Oakland or you know Chapman is Arenado if he played in Colorado one of those if he played in Colorado he'd be very good at offense and he's still pretty good at offense and um, the reason that I am a huge Matt Chapman fan is, one, I love defense, and also pitching, as I mentioned last podcast. So defense and pitching, they're fun. Um, but it's the drive that he has. He said at the end of the year, when he was struggling, he told Susan Slusser at some point, I saw the tweet, that it said, this will be my worst season ever. Which means that he's going to just work his butt off to get better and better each season, because he doesn't like playing like this, and... That's inspirational, you know, if you're a teammate, I assume. Uh, I haven't played organized sports in quite a while, but I'd be inspired as all heck. I'm watching my mouth now. Sorry, when I upload all these podcasts, I'm like, yeah, it's a clean podcast, but I have a couple of swears in them, and so uh, I feel like I'm just sneaking by the censors on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your local podcasts. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, by the way. Um, I will watch my mouth as much as I can, but I am kind of like a sailor, so, and I'm only so good at editing, but, uh, yeah, so Matt Chapman, I'd like to see him sign, I was looking at Arenado's, uh, figures from, sorry, I'm gonna flip this page real quick, one, two, three, flip page, wrong page, damn it, (laughs) oop, here it is, okay, so, in his first year of arbitration, Nolan Arenado got five million dollars, in his second year, he got 11.75, and in his third year, he got 17.75, and now he's making a whole crap ton of money, and the Rockies are trying to move it. So, did they overpay? Probably. Um, so, I don't know that, you know, his later deal will be what uh, the market will dictate, but um, we're going to go with the arbitration figures and then kind of figure out what the market could be and see if we can get him for like six years. So, eat up three arbitration years. And then three more after that, that would take him through his age 32 season. Is that something that the player would want to do? I mean, I don't know. Because you, if you can hit the market, he'd be 29, I believe, after arbitration. Um, if he could hit the market then, he'd probably have a better shot at getting like a six-year deal and however much money. I'd pay him all the money, personally. But, you know, trying to get one of those before arbitration deals. So, for Matt Chapman... Um, if you stick it, you know, close to Arenado, you go five million, twelve million, twelve million, uh, sixteen million, and then you give them uh, three at twenty, I believe. So three years at twenty million dollars, that comes out to ninety-six million dollars um, in total, and then it would just be fifteen and a half million 
each year, so it'd be a little bit cheaper on the back end, but you'd be paying more for him now while he's still, you know, young and productive and great. So you protect yourself a little bit toward if he declines at all, you know, as he approaches 30. Um, and is $15.5 million out of the question? I mean, no, they're paying Chris Davis more than that. So that's definitely not out of the question. And, you know, you just got Semi in for 13, so they can afford a couple of guys. They can make tens of millions of dollars. Um, and you got, you know, uh, Soria's making like eight, I think, and Scotty's at 7.3, I believe. Um, and then got some other guys at, you know, the lower millions, but, you know, still millions. Um, and then for Matt Olson, I was comparing him to Freddie Freeman because in on Fangraphs, their war totals for 2019 were very similar. So I was like, yeah, oh, that's great. Uh, Freddie Freeman's a better offensive uh, candidate, but Olsen's got him on defense. So combined, you know, they're about the same. But we're going to rough estimations here. So for uh, for Freddie Freeman, he got $5 million, then $8 million, then $12 million, and then he made a whole bunch of money after that. So again, probably not going to get all of, you know, the 25 million or whatever from the A's. But if they can get him for like 17 for three more years after that, then that equals $76 million uh, in total over six years. And that would be, you know, about $12.5 million a year. So if you got Chapman for 15.5 and, a half and Ol- Olsen for uh, 12 and a half, I-, I mean, I think that the A's ownership would take that, whether the players would or not, you know, starting this season. Um, it'd be a huge upgrade to the payroll, obviously, going from just under $600,000 to fifteen, adding $27 million to the payroll. Not exactly what the ownership wants to do, I don't think, but you also kind of want to get these guys signed before they you know, go out and have an MVP season like Marcus Semien. Um, not saying that Semien's gone, but as an A's fan, I am prepared already for him to sign somewhere else in the winter. I'm sorry that we're starting off a new year with depressing A stuff, but you know, it's the reality of the world that we live in. But I mean, there, there's a simple fix to changing that reality. If your ownership, and that is spend some damn money on the team. It ain't that hard. I think that the, uh, the A's fans and A's ownership have been at, you know, the staring contest for a couple decades now where, uh, the ownership's like, we're not going to spend money until you guys come out to the field. And, A's fans are like, we're not going to, you know, come out to the field unless you guys spend money and, you know, put a winning product on the field and stop trading all my favorite players. So A's ownership definitely has to blink first if they want to, you know, start making more money. And the easiest way to make more money is to get more people to come to games. And then those people come to the games and they buy concessions and jerseys and memorabilia and stuff. And then you can pay the players more money and then you can keep them. It's how economics works, guys. I'm sure that they already know that. I'm very rudimentary in my understanding of economics. But from our fan perspective, if you're not going to sign Chapman or Olsen or Semyon to an extension and keep them here for a very long time, then, I mean, maybe go out and see if Nick Castellanos will take $20 million for one season and that way you don't have a long-term commitment to the guy. He can show what he can do with the A's and blah, 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 go after a championship. And then everybody would literally be happy. Um, they tried this before with Edwin Encarnacion. They offered him, was it $20 million for like one or two years? Uh, it was in 2016, I believe. 
before he signed, wherever he signed, uh, was it Cleveland? It might have been Cleveland. Um, yeah, they, the A's have tried this tactic before, and it didn't work, but who's to say that it can't work? Now, you're probably saying, hey, Jason, were you saying that the A's don't have any more money to spend? And then you're absolutely right, and they don't, according to, you know, what they've done in the past. But if they want to bring fans back to the ballpark and have them watch a fun and exciting product like the Oakland A's with the green and gold jerseys, the Kelly green jerseys, oh, God, I love those things, um, you know, Go out and make a big splash. Get the uh, get everybody excited ahead of FanFest. And, you know, do something in the free agent market. It has been a very quiet and cold winter. And they have, the A's haven't done much, but they've got a bunch of talent that, you know, just isn't written about much, isn't talked about much on, you know, the national stage. So nobody really talks about the A's. They fly under the radar, and then they make the wild card game, and then they lose. And we're used to this song and dance. But uh, this year could be different. The A's have been, you know, A's front office has been targeting 2020 as, you know, their big breakout year and with Jesus Luzardo and AJ Puck and, you know, a bunch of others, uh, maybe, you know, Matt Olson goes at dinger happy and Chapman wins, you know, another platinum glove and is in the MVP race. And it, they've got all the pieces there that can make this a really exciting team. But if you had a big bat like Castellanos or something like that, I know it's a pipe dream. This is my pipe dream segment. This might be a recurring thing. Uh, but if you sign a big bat or something like that to, uh, really solidify the offense and make it a formidable threat. Um, you know, the A's could go real deep into the playoffs. And I'm not just saying that that's analytically proven with facts and stats and everything. But alas, we're probably going to have to wait until, you know, we hear more about the ballpark situation. And then the A's will start spending more money. And it'll be really weird at first, but it'll be a very welcome change. We're probably not there yet. They're going to wait for, you know, uh, ground to be broken and everything and see how season ticket sales go from there or A's access goes from there and start making their, you know, new budgets and everything and make it so that it's more financially sound for them to invest and blah, 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 blah. That's all boring. Sign some people. It'll be fun. I want to see fun baseball. I already see fun baseball, but I want to get, you know, the national media talking about the A's because usually what I hear is, the A's suck, and then they don't. And then they're like, hey, they're okay, but they're going to lose again. And I want to change the narrative. So if we can just change that narrative by signing somebody, you know, to an extension, I don't care who it is. Spend a bunch of money on something. It'll be great. And have like a $120 million payroll. And we'll go from there. And that's A's arbitration for you. So hope you enjoyed this. This has been episode three of the Lockdown A's podcast. Uh, make sure that you follow us on social media at locked on a's or me personally at by jason b let me know how you like the show so far uh let me know what you like what you don't like uh we can you know talk about baseball and stuff uh see what you want more from the show what you want less from the show uh the show's perfect so you obviously don't want less you just want more of me talking into a microphone by myself for 20 minutes a day it's good it's gonna be great we're gonna have a great 2020 um yeah, so make sure you go on, you know, Apple Podcasts or the Himalaya Podcast app, uh, Spotify, what are the other ones? Stitcher. Go on any of those and, you know, subscribe to the podcast. We'll have them out a couple times for you a week. Uh, still working on hammering down which days those are going to be. My work schedule changes every week. So right now, the uh, until we go to daily officially at the start of spring training, uh, these are going to be a couple times a week and it'll 
correlate with my work schedule that week. So I will be upfront with you guys on Twitter and stuff like that and let you know, hey, expect it this time. And I'll also be, you know, trying to start the conversation about, you know, future podcasts. Like if we're having a mailbag, I'll pose mailbag questions on there and stuff like that. So really following me on Twitter or, you know, the uh, the podcast on Twitter, either way, uh, is integral to the success of the podcast. So please do so. Because um, I want to make this podcast for you guys while also having fun. Uh, so reach out, do what you do, and uh, we'll, we'll have some fun. So go out there and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I'll talk to you guys soon. 